Christ, Son of the living God, to be the glory forever. Amen. Now in the sixth day, in the sixth month, the angel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, O full of grace. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. <coughs> and behold, you will conceive in your womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now a sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be according to your word. And the angel departed from On the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the second Sunday of Kiyak, and as I mentioned last week, we read during the month of Kiyak the entire Gospel or the first chapter of the Gospel of Saint Luke. Angel Gabriel announcing the birth of Christ to Saint Mary, and he comes to her and he says, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And what I wanted to mention or I wanted us to meditate on for a couple of minutes is if I were to receive a, a similar greeting from an angel, how would I feel about that sort of greeting? It says, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you, blessed are you among women. Think about for a second how much you and I love the praise of men. Everybody actually is susceptible to this sin, the sin of wanting to draw attention to myself at one time or another. The sin of wanting to brag or to show my so to show the things that I'm that I'm doing or doing well. Everybody wants other people to notice when I'm doing something. It feels good to be affirmed and to be praised. That's actually not a unique thing. And actually our Lord Jesus Christ, because it's not a unique thing, he addressed it. He talks about this in the Sermon on the Mount. Right? When he talks about doing spiritual activity, he says, When you give to the poor, don't sound a trumpet. 
but don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And he says, when you pray, don't go and stand in the corners of the streets so everybody can see you like the Pharisees do, but go into your room and pray to the God in secret and He will reward you secretly. And he talks about when we fast, not to act tired and, and, and hungry and suffering when we fast, but to wash our face and to so that we don't appear to men to be fasting. So we know then this is a problem that all humans have to deal with, or all humans that are susceptible to the love of praise. But if you think about it from St. Mary's perspective, it's actually even much worse than this, because who is the one who is giving her this praise? It's not a person. It's not a friend or an acquaintance. It's not even like an important person, like a governor or a king. Or It's actually God Himself, through the Archangel Gabriel, saying that St. Mary is highly favored and that St. Mary is blessed among women. What's the response of St. Mary to this greeting? The Gospel tells us, But when she saw him, she was troubled at this saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. So St. Mary didn't get puffed up. She didn't become arrogant. She didn't even say, you know, actually I kind of knew that was coming. I've always been obedient to God. I lived in the temple my entire life. She said she was troubled at the saying. Why is she troubled? It seems like a strange way to describe why she's troubled at the saying. It's probably the last response that maybe we would expect out of someone who's just received a blessing. And again, not just a blessing from uh, somebody that is an acquaintance or a friend or someone who I look up to, but from God Himself. Why does she respond this way? I believe that one of the reasons that she responds this way is St. Mary is both humble and thoughtful. St. Mary was troubled because she's thoughtful in the sense that she understands very well the Word of God and Scripture. She was reflected on the Word of God many times, and we see that in the Gospels, especially in the events of the Gospel of St. Luke. She knew the Word of God, and actually this is what made her troubled at this blessing. What do I mean? How do I know this? Well, how do I know, first of all, that she knows the Word of God very well? First of all, if you look later in the verses that we're going to read in the coming weeks, her praise that she says when she when she is visited by Elizabeth is almost entirely quotes from the Old Testament Scripture. Second, we know from the rest of her life that she is very careful to obey the Old Testament rules and regulations, Right? What did she do? She made sure our Lord Jesus Christ was circumcised on the eighth day. She presented him to the temple and offered the, the required sacrifice. She brought him yearly to the temple during Passover. St. Mary knew the law and knew the scriptures very well. And she was careful to obey the scriptures. We, give, we get a, actually another hint today in why she's troubled with the greeting. She's troubled because she knows from the Old Testament that blessings... She said, blessed are you among women. Blessings are not an end to themselves, right? God doesn't usually just bless us to bless us. St. Mary knew that when God gives divine blessings for His people, the blessing almost always comes for, the, for a purpose or a greater responsibility. God's blessings are not just blessings for us to keep for ourselves. They're for the purpose of a greater responsibility. He blesses because He wants us to do something with those blessings. And actually, the greater the blessing, the greater the responsibility. For example, if He gives us the blessing of a good mind and knowledge, He wants us to use that knowledge to teach, to apply the truth to our lives and to the lives of others. 
If he gives us the blessing of money, he wants us to use that money to finance his work around the world. If he gives us the blessing of children, it's so that we can raise them up to be godly offspring, godly men and women who will serve him the rest of their lives. He gives us the blessing of living in a country in which we can freely express our faith in order for us to do that and to be a light to the rest of the world. So the archangel tells St. Mary that God is going to greatly bless her and then she becomes troubled. If you can imagine, she's very young. So young for the demands of her life that is going to happen to her. And although she is pure before God, she's wondering, am I up to this great responsibility? Right? She knew, like I said, the word of God. She knew if an, art, if an angel is going to appear to you and give you a task, give you a message from God, that it's not going to be something small. God is asking her to be the mother of God. If you think about it, you know, for those of you who are parents, I'm worried about raising my own children. What if I do something wrong? What if I'm too harsh or too lenient in my punishment? What if I'm not evolved enough in their life or too much in their lives? What about all the things in their lives that we cannot predict or cannot protect them from? <coughs> what if they make the wrong friends? What if they get sick? All kinds of worries for all of us who are parents. But imagine if you are St. Mary trying to raise the Son of God. If I get stressed about raising my own children, what if I were having the responsibility to raise the Son of God? Of course she's troubled. She knows she's up to the task. Of course she doesn't know yet what the blessing will be. But she finds out actually in verse 30. The angel says to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. So the archangel tells her, you don't need to be afraid. You don't need to be afraid of me. You don't need to be afraid of this blessing. Because blessings are always for good, and this one is the best of all. And he goes on to tell her that he's going to be, or she's going to be the mother of the Messiah. And to Mary responds, she says, how can this be since I don't know a man? And actually that reminds us, or should remind us, of a very, very similar uh, statement said by Zacharias last week. When the archangel came to Zechariah and he said, You're going to, your, 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 your wife is going to have a son. Zacharias questions this. But actually the difference between the questioning that Zacharias did and the questioning that St. Mary did is, Zechariah's question was coming from a place of doubt and criticism. Zacharias didn't believe that the promise would come true through him. But even though St. Mary is asking this question, she's not asking about it out of unbelief or doubt like Zacharias was. But actually, she's even when in the asking, she's asking out of faith and trust. In verse 18, the, the, the passage that we read last week, Zacharias says, How shall I know this? How can this happen? How is it possible? How could this ever happen? Give me a sign. Right? He's almost asking for a sign from God. And the angel says to him, look, I'm going to send a messenger, I'm a messenger from God. And if God says this, then that should settle it for you. And even though St. Mary, like Zacharias, asks a question, she, unlike Zechariah, was not doubting that the angel's word would come to pass. Zechariah's question is showing doubt that this is able to even happen. St. Mary's question reveals she believes what's going to happen, she's just curious about how. How can this be? I don't know a man. 
I'm a virgin. We should understand from this that it's not wrong for us to try to gain understanding, to seek understanding and to work things out logically, to try to ask God what He's doing and why He's doing it. Those questions in and of themselves are not wrong. But we need to recognize that when God clearly gives a promise, we shouldn't question the promise. We can ask how God is going to bring it about, but we need to trust God's word, even sometimes when we don't know necessarily the particulars. St. Mary didn't know the particulars of the answer. It's never wrong to ask, but even when we ask, we need to know that we may or may not get those answers. So St. Mary's asking, and she kind of does get an answer to the question, right? In verse 35 it says, And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. And he talks about Elizabeth. He says, Now indeed Elizabeth, your relative, also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who is called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. So the archangel Gabriel, he answers St. Mary and he tells her that the Holy Spirit is going to make this to happen. In other words, it's going to be a miracle. He goes on to tell her, God already performed a miracle with your cousin Elizabeth. She's going to give, a son, give birth to a son in her old age, even though she was called barren before. And then the, verse that, the last verse that I just read is the key. With God, nothing is impossible. What we understand or how it works doesn't necessarily matter. God can do anything He wants that is within His will. Nothing is impossible for God. If He wants to allow a barren woman to have a child, He can. It's an easy thing for Him to do. If he wants a virgin to have a child, it's an easy thing for him to do. If he wants to part the Red Sea, he wants to raise people from the dead, he wants to feed 5,000 with five loaves and two fish, that's an easy thing for him to do. And it's the same in our own lives. Very likely, all of us have circumstances in our lives that we feel are impossible. A family member who's rejecting God, a financial need, a sickness, whatever it might be. I should, like St. Paul says, let my requests be made known to God. God enjoys doing what we consider to be impossible. But having said that, I want to share something else. I want to make sure we don't take that verse, for with God nothing is impossible, out of context or use it as proof for bad theology. Just because God can do the impossible doesn't mean He always will. Anything that God determines to do, He can accomplish. Because there's nothing impossible with God. But that does not mean He will do everything we want Him to do. Because some things are not included in His plan. So God can do the impossible, but He only does it when it's accomplishing His purposes. Finally, we see St. Mary saying, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And then the angel departed. Very different again from Zechariah. She doesn't have doubt. She has trust. She has faith. She hears God's word. She understands it. She has a minor question of how and she's answered. And in verse 38, she shows her full trust, her reliance upon God. She's very thoughtful about the word of God. She knew that God's blessings comes with great responsibility and that God's promises aren't going to fail. And so she was asking or she's exclaiming that Basically, the prayer, the same prayer that our Lord Jesus Christ said, let your will be done. Whatever you'd like to do with me, whatever God wants to do with me, I can accept. And that's the same thing, that message that we should have for God for our own lives. 
Behold, the servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And that requires a couple of things from me. It requires obedience, and it requires faith, it requires knowledge of what is God's word to me, what does He want me to do. And I, and I can attain that, I can figure that out when I have a close relationship with God, with regular prayer, reading of the scriptures, listening to uh, spiritual words or reading spiritual books in order to understand the will of God for me. And then I pray to God that I can have the strength like St. Mary to say, Behold the main servant of the Lord. May we all be good and faithful servants of God as the example of St. Mary. And glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. We send you